0: Welcome to another episode of Adding Context, a podcast of compelling conversations centered on advancing and enhancing the human experience. I am your host, Michael Bollens. Welcome back to another episode of Adding Context. Today, I'm talking to Mark Milbrad. Mark, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hey, Mike. Thanks a lot. Uh, Yeah. Hi. I'm Mark Milbrad. I am the owner of a firm called Silver Shield Advisors. In Monroe, New Jersey. And basically what I do is um, I am a seasoned life insurance professional. I've been doing this for 35 years, which is uh, kind of hard to say at this point, but 35 years came and went. I've been doing this for a long time and um, it's a lot of fun. And I help uh, individuals, families kind of help plan for their futures. And by offering lots of different products like life insurance, you know, the fun things that people love to talk about, (laughs) usually when you mention you sell life insurance, they, uh, they sprint for the doors and, um, cringe, but you know, what I've learned, what I've learned over the time is what we do might not be appealing to most, but it's one of the most important things that somebody can do in terms of planning for their families through their lifetime. So when we get past all that, uh, makes it very interesting and rewarding to see what I've done over the years and how many families I've helped along the way.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, the genesis of of my podcast was to kind of bring on people that do different things to uh, slightly have a new form of education for for things. Um, And after some of our discussions that we've had at the uh, rank, um, I definitely believe that insurance is one of those misunderstand cringy things that people kind of shy away from. But as you pointed out, there's definitely a level of importance that I think needs to be stressed out there. So um, kind of to, to go start with a little more personal on you, um, I met you coaching your kid playing hockey. So we we kind of bonded over the sure. sport in and of itself and and the Devils <laughs> were yep. currently lack of playing. All
1: tied our Devils hats <laughs> on, so that kind of <laughs> attracted something there.
0: Common ground to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I guess, got you into insurance? What, what gravitated you to that?
1: Well, that's kind of a funny story. Um, in on its own, right. Uh, I don't think anyone grows up wanting to be an insurance salesman. <laughs> so, um, my dad was an agent for Prudential, um, for years. And what's interesting is I used to come home from school and his office was right off of the exit of the parkway. And I'd stop in there every now and again. And, and I'm, I'm a hustler since I'm working, since I'm nine years old, always working different jobs, and I was always anxious to get into the workforce. And um, I would stop by my dad's office, and he had a district manager. Uh, and every time I would see him, I would joke around. And I said, so when are you going to hire me? So he'd say, when are you done with school? Then i come in other days, when are you going to hire me? When are you done with school? So I remember having my last class. Uh, I finished my degree. I drove into the office. I walked into my dad's uh, manager's office, and I said, I finished school. When can I start? And that was in 1985, So, and the rest is history, as they say. Pretty interesting. That's how I got into it.
0: Pretty persistent.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: When was the the point you decided that you were in a position that you felt comfortable with it, with the connections and everything else that goes along with doing what you do to strike out on your own as opposed to being attached to a, a larger company?
1: Oh, well, almost almost instantly, it's one of those things where I feel I'm very fortunate that I actually found something that I, I love doing. And from the time I started doing it, uh, I kind of latched on to it. I, I saw the importance of it. and I just it, it kind of clicked, you know, I'm very fortunate for that. Um, so in terms of that, that's kind of the only way I can answer it. I didn't really aspire to do it. It just kind of fell into it, and I was very fortunate and lucky enough to actually enjoy what I'm doing.
0: Got it. So why don't we just kind of jump into the the important stuff? Sure. Why is insurance planning for families so important?
1: Wow. Um, why is it so important? Why it, that's kind of a loaded question there. So <laughs> uh, it, that, there's a lot of answers for that. And I think the, the real interesting thing, I guess a good way to really describe it is, you know, we've all, we all have friends. We all read local posts on Facebook and newspapers and all. And we always see the, uh, the old GoFundMe page. And that kind of gets me because I think insurance is kind of the original life insurance that is the original GoFundMe page. And what a lot of times you hear are these families that are just in this, this, this horrible position financially after uh, an accident happens and someone uh, young dies or, or middle-aged dies and they have a wife, they have kids, or have a husband and have kids, whatever the situation is, and they leave themselves kind of empty because most most people don't do enough planning or can't because uh, they fight to make ends meet every day just to pay the bills every month. And I think what's important is that the life insurance itself is like the original GoFundMe page to be there, not relying on you know the generosity of strangers to kick in because you can only get so much with that. And it's one great way to really have that ultimate GoFundMe page and not worrying and being reliant on others to take care of your family.
0: I think one of the reasons why insurance in general is is cringeworthy is it's so verbose and confusing. It's kind of like walking in the quicksand if you have, if you don't have a guide. How, sure. do, how do you suggest people navigate what type of
1: insurance to get? You know, how much is the right way to do it? Hmm. Well, what I've learned over, over the, over my time in the business is that, um, you have to do your homework with anything you do. So I encourage people to, you know, go online. There are a lot of third party sources out there that are not for profits that you can go on to the like, like life org is a great site to go on and you can get information about what insurance is. Uh, but Basically, when it comes down to it, um, life insurance is definitely a product that is sold and not bought. You can buy life insurance online, but a lot of people don't know the right amounts to buy. So you need to be guided by a professional that, that kind of knows what is the right amount. I mean, to give you a quick example, when I, when I first started in the business, when we talk about just money for a second, the big rule was, You know, you want 10 times your annual salary in life insurance benefits. So for somebody that, let's say, made uh, $50,000 per year, you should get $500,000 of life insurance. And the rule was you can earn 10% on your money. So I can take the half million dollars, 10% of that earnings is $50,000, which should be adequate to replace what you're losing in income. But with interest rates being so low today, so if interest rates were just half that, just 5%, you'd need a million dollars to give you the same 50000 So it's a function of, of income and how much of reliance on that income your family is on you to determine pretty much how much you really should have. And there's also the notion of, you know, earmarking certain amounts of insurance for future college funding for younger children to add to that amount, just to make sure there's always an adequate amount of money there to put the family back to where they were before something happened, if something happens.
0: So in regards to interest rates, as you just mentioned, who regulates that? Is that the the same interest rates or the same at least people that decide interest rates on savings for banks and things like that? Or is it a different organization or group that covers that?
1: Oh, the interest rate. I'm just talking in general about interest rates. I mean, the, the life insurance is a separate component of that. Uh, it's nothing really to do with it. However, when determining you asked how you determine the need, how, how much you should have, I was kind of giving you like a, um, like an idea of where that number should come from, how you should figure out how much you need to replace it with.
0: Got it. So in that vein, what types of insurance do typically people buy? I mean, I know people hear the terms of term insurance or, uh, whole life insurance. What, I guess, types of policies do you normally recommend for people?
1: It all varies, um, Mike. It all varies for sure. I mean, there's so many different types out there, and I'm a big believer that younger families um, should typically have term insurance initially because it's cheaper and uh, you need to have more of it. So um, to buy term insurance, just to put it into perspective for a second, it's called term insurance because it simply is there for a term of period. That term period could be 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So let's just say someone has um, three children and the average ages are, let's say one is five, one is seven, one is 10. I mean, the youngest child in 20 years from now, is if, if they're five, the assumption is they're out of college at that point, 20 years down the road. So you can buy enough to cover that, that period of time to make sure your your small children will get through college, let's say. And it's cheaper for a family. I'm a big believer in you should sell on on need and not price because you can get the amount that you need first versus chipping away at other types of insurance that that the permanent ones like whole life you mentioned, that's a permanent structure and that's, that has cash value associated with it, but you're not going to get that much insurance for your same dollar. So I'm very big on you know, selling to need and and not cost. So to me, younger families, I believe, should have uh, larger amounts of term life insurance to make sure they have the adequate amount of coverage that they can afford because most term insurance is very inexpensive and the average family should be looking into that initially to make sure they have the right amount as opposed to having the permanent kind that are designed to build cash value and things like that.
0: So your, your primary goal is to interview, get a a grasp of the individual's goals and kind of cater it specifically to them. So obviously what I would get for me and my family is going to be different than what you would get for you and your family and and vice versa. What things do you take into account when you're trying to kind of take that big
1: picture? Okay, when we take the big picture, we have to look at a couple different things. Uh, Number one, um, who's providing the income? I can have, you know, most couples today, I mean, you have you have two income earners in the household, right? So one would say that if, let's say, the husband is the primary wage earner, let's say that he makes $100,000 per year and the wife makes $50,000 per year, but she has a few kids at home to take care of, let's just say. Or the other way around where you have the wife who is the primary breadwinner and the husband is, is the, the lesser earner and is home with the children – in order to determine that amount you have to see what you're trying to replace first right so once you know what you're trying to replace then you can kind of put it all together because your needs are different from mine and and joe down the street or whatever because everyone's situation is is dramatically different for sure so it does vary by by person and i will tell you this uh, the hundreds and hundreds of families that i've helped throughout you know the last uh, 5 10 years alone and providing different coverages no two homes are the same in terms of the story we hear. So, but then the other point is, this I want to make, is that even if you have two earners in the house, one has to say, what would happen if the primary earner is out of the picture? Maybe the second earner, because they have new responsibilities that they didn't have before, taking care of the younger children, let's say, maybe more insurance is needed for the primary winner because you don't want, that person may not be able to work now there's more responsibility to take care of the family than was there before right So it all varies.
0: So it's, you like to paint the big picture. Exactly. When would you say you said young you like to sell younger families on the idea of um, term insurance. At what point, obviously again, lots of different dynamics taken that put up. What point do you normally start recommending people go into either a whole
1: or other type of insurance? Uh, well that that depends once again on individual circumstances i mean if if someone wants to get a whole life product, for example, I mean I know a lot of a lot of clients uh, they buy whole life policies for their children because their parents bought it for them, and over the years, not only does it build cash value for later on down the road, it gives them the insurance they might need for their whole life. I mean, they might just have that and never need other insurance or could possibly only need small amounts to supplement when they have their own families. Got it. So it all depends basically on, on the individual. So to me, if someone's in a different, different category where they need insurance for uh, um, a shorter term need, I'll say load up on the term insurance. You'll need more for the short term, but if they're in a financial position to buy something permanent, the permanent insurance plans have different features in them that you don't find with term insurance. First and foremost, they're not temporary. They're not for a term. They're, they are forever. They have cash value that grow with uh, within them. Um, they their death benefit that you have with the contract grows over time. You know, with as the value grows in the contract, so it all varies. And they can use that money down the road for future inc- future income needs, like buying a house, or use it for their retirement because there are, are tax favored um, elements with cash value life insurance that you have that you can actually take out money in some cases on a tax-free basis. So it it depends on the individual.
0: Right. I've heard the the phrase casualty insurance. Do you know what the, uh, dumb question of saying, do you, can you explain what that refers to?
1: Well, that's usually referring to, you know, property insurance, like the, the automobile insurance, homeowners insurance, things like that.
0: So that's different realm altogether. That's different realm. Got it.
1: What about things
0: for, um, people who have developed, um, terminal illnesses or, or at least long-term illnesses? Is there anything that people can get that helps compensate on that level as well for lost income or, or
1: on the medical end of it? Well, it, it depends. I mean, there are different types of insurance plans. Also there is, um, there's disability income protection. So if someone becomes disabled, first being healthy, obviously, but they can also buy insurance policies that will replace their income while they're going through an illness or, or something like that. So it's a whole it's a whole different situation, right? So yeah, but to answer your question, can folks that have that are ill get certain policies? There are certain companies out there, that have policies for folks that are guaranteed issue in nature and you can get a policy. The problem with those is they're very expensive, you know, uh, for the benefit you're getting. And oftentimes there's a waiting period that if, for example, you, if you die within the first two years, they're not going to pay anything, you get your premiums back and that's right. it. But that's kind of a last resort kind of thing that you don't really come across that too much.
0: What about using insurance as a risk management tool?
1: Well, all, all insurance by definition is a risk management tool. So, you know, life insurance is one type of risk, but let's take two steps back for a second. Okay. The first risk management tool we all know of is auto insurance, right? right. That's your first risk management tool. So I, I have my insurance. What's interesting though, the auto insurance is something that's kind of mandated. You have to have it, right? To have your car on the street, you know, but that's that's a risk management tool. Homeowner's insurance, which most banks require you to have, right? right. Um, it's, it's a great thing to have because that's your second risk management level. And those are the things that are statutory usually by either the state or your bank you're dealing with, if you own, if you own a home, to kind of have those things. But the other risk management tool, which is most overlooked, is the personal risk management, which is the things we're talking about. Let's say somebody dies prematurely in a family. Let's say someone is disabled and can't earn income. You know these things, and and one of the big things out there right now, and and I think that um, COVID has definitely opened up the eyes and ears of most people out there about their own mortality, right. and people are actually out there looking for um, protection for their families now more than ever because let's face it, we turn on the TV every day, all you hear is about death and sickness. I mean, they scare the you know the crap out of people basically every day and people there is an awareness out there and people are looking for it and it's evident in all the um life insurance engines that sell life insurance online as well and uh, we see a lot of upticks in that as well
0: yeah i was gonna ask how the last year and the pandemic and everything has kind of influenced or changed the the industry
1: Uh, it's it's changed it an awful lot and um one of the most interesting things that I've seen in my 35 years in the business is that typically insurance companies, they move as fast as a freighter in the middle of the ocean to make any kind of changes and turns <laughs> towards anything that's positive. It takes them forever to do it. Right. One of the biggest trends that we've seen over the last, um, you know, seven to nine months, especially is that the insurance companies figured out a way that if somebody wants to buy life insurance, they historically you have to go. A technician comes down to your house. They take your blood and all that, and 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 blood and urine and all that stuff. All the fun stuff you want someone to come to your house to take from you. And they would come down and do the exam, but and and go through the whole process. Now the insurance companies are allowing uh, very very high limits of life insurance to be per and disability insurance to be purchased without even being stuck by a needle. Really. So. We're doing a lot of it uh, non-medically, we call it, and we're doing it a lot through um, uh, electronic applications and all. And the insurance companies have definitely found a unique way um, to get it done. Like I said, usually it takes them a long time to do it, but they've really uh, moved things up quite a bit.
0: So to kind of jump back a step, you, you mentioned that predominantly at least the old method of getting insurance and things like that, you'd have to have somebody come out to you, almost do a, a physical assessment and get some blood samples and things like that. What's the, the, I guess the
1: the reason behind that or was the reason behind that? Oh, well, the reason behind that is, is basically technology, right? Today, um, that was the old way of doing it. They used to have no other way but to send out an examiner to your home and they would come with the blood kit and whatever, and do their exam. They a nurse would come down. They would take down your 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 um, your biometrics and all that, and your your build and your blood pressure, all those fun things. And that was the insurance company's way of kind of um, assessing the risk, right? Got but you. now what's going on is with through technology, uh, the insurance companies use some very unique tools out there that they can gather a lot of that data f- about you basically electronically. Got it. So, yeah, so they do what we call, um, they do motor vehicle checks, number one. Okay, they do RX database searches. If you ever prescribed the drug, it's on a central database. They use uh, the Medical Information Bureau for information, and which is a one centralized database that the insurance companies utilize to see activity out there and to see things that might be wrong with you. Got it. So they, the insurance companies determine that if they sent out the examiners to do the poking and taking your blood and all that fun stuff, uh, they would often come to the same underwriting decision by doing it the way they're doing it now through this electronic method. So they're saving money on their behalf. They, fa- they found a better way to assess risk, and that's what they've been doing. And now they, they put it on steroids with the whole COVID thing and have expanded that <laughs> dramatically for sure.
0: So would you say that it's actually had a positive impact on the industry? Least
1: yeah, I think, I think it has. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's allowing us to, to cater to this this underserved marketplace in a more efficient manner. So I can reach more people now than I did before. The messaging is out there in terms of we put on the news. It's all this this horrible stuff about death and sickness and, blah, 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 and all this fun stuff. And now we, people are concerned. And there's no way you can actually hit all that and and be able to service all those masses the old fashioned way. Right. Right. Plus the fact the old time, examiners that the exam companies that would do this with all the COVID restrictions weren't even going out to um, examine people, nor were people wanting them in their homes. Right. So the insurance companies found a better way and that's what they've been doing. So it's really been a big, a big plus for the industry and a big plus for the, the masses of, of, of consumers out there that are looking for this kind of protection for themselves.
0: What other innovations or, or trends have you kind of noticed have either come and gone or kind of really picked up over the last 30, 35 years?
1: Um, I would say that um, underwriting has definitely changed a lot. Uh, absolutely. Um, it used to be a harder a harder method to get somebody approved for insurance, but technology has definitely made it a lot easier, especially when an insurance company needs to go out there. If you apply for some type of insurance, oftentimes what they're going to do is they're going to have to write to your doctor and request your records from them so they can really assess you as a risk, right? Right. Now, not just now, but over the last bunch of years, there's new technologies out there that are being used. So. You know, a lot of us have these these uh, sign-on portals for our doctors' offices and whatever. Right. The right. insurance companies now can access those on a one-time basis based on authorization, to now retrieve those records by by utilizing your your portal from your physician, and they get things a lot quicker now. And it's in a format that they can easily decipher and make decisions on more quickly. Got it.
0: I guess if there was a way that you could influence people's decisions and into really looking into insurance, what I guess would be two to three big selling points would you use?
1: Well, number one, first selling point would be like I said before the life insurance is, is the oldest GoFundMe page in the book. Number one. Okay. You're not going to be reliant on others to help. Um, you'll have access. You're not going to uproot yourselves from any situation to be financially stable through a crisis is kind of one of the biggest things that you can possibly do. Right. Um, that's a, that's a real big factor there for sure. Um, a, on a personal note, I just recently lost a friend, um, who's local to our area. You probably know who he was, a local contractor. Um, uh, was in a horrific car accident, uh, back in October. And he was, he was, um, in his early fifties as a wife and a, and a child. And, And um, that's a story to tell. And I think that anything could happen at any time. And I'm not trying to clear that room, like I said earlier, but (laughs) nobody wants to talk about this stuff, but it's so important. I mean, I know God forbid something happens to me. I know I'm not the shoemaker with holes in my shoes, right? So I, I practice what I preach and I know if something were to happen that I know financially at least, my family's taken care of. Right. They can't replace me, of course, because, <laughs> you know, that's, but, but the thing is, but I know that financially I don't have to worry and I could, what's the old expression? I could sleep at night, right? Yeah. Knowing that's there and there's no other way to put it than that. It's, it's, it's basically peace of mind to know that if something were to happen, um, you do know your family would be financially taken care of. And that's something that you can really sleep easy with just to
0: know. That in and of itself takes a huge burden off of the sure, other aspects of the of the trauma of losing a family member. Um, sure. What are some of the bigger consequences of not having insurance?
1: Well, basically th- those, same, uh, those same thoughts we just threw out there are the same consequences. It, it comes down to the same thing. It comes down to, you know, my family not being provided for properly. I mean, I've heard it all over the last 30-something years. I mean, I've heard excuses that I just, I mean, I've been across a kitchen table from from a couple at, at 9.30 at night, and basically the husband telling me, with two kids are sleeping in the other room, telling me, well, I don't care. If I die, she'll get married to somebody else. I've heard that before. It's weird. You know, everyone has a weird way of looking at it. But I just like to know you want to be able to sleep at night, you know, and to know that um, you're providing and the consequences from a financial standpoint just won't be there right yeah
0: i would i would like to think that as you pointed out given the uptick in people's sense of mortality um, they would do what they could to make sure that they are they themselves are protected and, you know as a responsibility to their family unit they'd do what they need you know, take the steps they need to make sure their family's taken care of. And right. I think it's a really odd perspective to take that, well, if I die, they'll just get remarried and that'll be their pro- the other person's problem. <clears throat> <clears throat> what, Uh, any interesting stories outside of, you know, what you've mentioned so far of your, your entry into the insurance world that you've had?
1: Well, what's funny is when you first start in the insurance business, they have you fill out what they call a project 100, right? And that's basically all the friends and relatives that, you know, you know, that's, that's your first, your first line of attack. Go after all those people. I mentioned early on that I got into the business with my father was in the business. So there went that. Here I am. I'm 20 years old in the business and all my friends are um, still either in school, not established in life, quite frankly, getting drunk or getting high or whatever it was they were doing, that that wasn't my market. Right. So I had to find a new market, right? So it's kind of a funny thing that I had to go on there, and I had to do the old-fashioned way and pick up the phone, and I used to make phone calls every night and just make 10 appointments a night, and hopefully one would stick, you know, right. going down the phone book, you know but there are some, there are funny stories in there. Some of them are not even fit for this broadcast, but there are a few that are pretty, I walked into some, some weird situations with people I said, why did you answer your door for? I mean, I wouldn't answer if it was, if it was me, but right. whatever. Yeah. Some people, um, are, are
0: given my background and what I've walked into on in people's homes. It's, I can only imagine what you have, uh, <laughs> have seen. So, um, double back a little bit. You've, you've obviously been successful and, and have a nice fulfilling life from what I know and from our conversations. What are some of the things outside of your work that you, uh, you've kind of taken a passion into?
1: Oh, let's see. I love to cook. Um, I, I think I'm told I'm a good cook. Maybe it's because they don't want to cook and they keep telling me that (laughs) I love to cook. One of my favorite things to do. I like to travel when we can travel. Um, I big sports fan, like you know. As you can see behind me, you know, you mentioned before I'm a Yankee fan. You were disgusted there, but <laughs> Yankee fan, Giant fan, Devils fan, all that fun stuff. I'm a big sports guy. So and our kids play, you know, play sports. So that's a big joy as well.
0: Yeah, I so uh, I, I use the the Yankees thing in jest. Uh, the the reference of them being the evil empire. I'm actually not that big of a or big enough of a baseball fan to really comment one way or the other on who, who yeah. people like in that my sports are typically hockey and, and wrestling so I, I kind of stick yeah. with that well, we, we agree should, on hockey for sure at least you're not a Rangers fan so or a Flyer. fan that's right fan. see that there's one, there's one <laughs> that silver lining behind. there right
1: <laughs> that's right all, all my friends that are Flyer fans we agree on one thing we both can't stand the Rangers so it's <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> and then all your friends that are Rangers fans you have that comment that they can't stand the Flyers so the devils, we, so there you go. Or we can get we can get along with at least to a degree on yeah. there. And and as far as the the cooking thing goes, I think my family's the same way. I mean, they always want me to cook just because they don't want to. What's your? You know, uh, I think
1: that's what it is. I your, see through them. That's your go to right.
0: recipe or thing that you make all the time?
1: Um, chicken parm. Make a mean chicken parm. Or so they say. <laughs> they don't want to cook, so who knows?
0: I'm not sure if there's any one specific thing that I make that my family loves. They just and my youngest always tells me, "Oh, this is the best thing I've ever had." Well, you've only had it from me, so how can you judge that? <laughs> um, yeah, he, I
1: also like to grill, so I I already cut my pathway out from all the snow to my grill from my back door, so <laughs> still using that sucker.
0: Yeah, I, I I try to barbecue. I like the way it, the flavor is a little more, uh, it's a little better, but uh, yeah, I always tend to be too busy to pop up in the grill and and wait, take the time that you need to, to to really cook well on the grill.
1: Well, it's less stuff to clean, you know?
0: Yeah. That's the other problem is I cook and then I clean it. And then I'm I hear you there. (laughs) Yeah. So I, um, I've stolen you about 30 minutes of your time and kind of covered some really, I think important things. And I would hope people take that away and kind of look in a little introspectively and reach out to somebody. So, where, if people in New Jersey, central Central Jersey, wanted to reach out to you, where could they kind of reach out to you to maybe look into getting a policy?
1: Uh they can they can reach me um, at my email address, which is markm at silvershieldadvisors.com. Okay, or through through my my phone number 908-770-7367. Awesome. and um, that's that's we we get. Pre- all of our activity going on those two things. So I will make sure to make, put that in the show notes. So if people want to do that, they can absolutely do that. Um,
0: and now for the fun part, I have a a handful of questions that are kind of span the strange and weird to the interesting. Um, you don't have to answer them. You can pass on any of them, uh, take as much time as you need to, to think. And so the first thing is, have you ever licked a battery? Yes. (laughs) I was going, yeah. I saw that, I'm like, who has not
1: Nine volts give the best little, little jolt, though.
0: Yeah, it's how, how else are you, are you supposed to test to see if a nine volt's actually dead or not?
1: I was a kid once, you know, it's all
0: <laughs> right. Uh, when you were a kid, speaking of that, did you have any posters on your wall? And if so, what were they?
1: Oh, boy, I think every kid that grew up in my time had a Farrah Fawcett picture on the wall. <laughs> that was one for sure. Um, I remember a whole bunch of sports posters on there. The Yankees were on there. Sorry, Mike. And um, a lot of music posters. Like Meatloaf Comes to Mind, The Bad Out of Hell. Remember that? Great album. The first album was yeah. awesome. The Be best.
0: It's definitely Paradise by Dashboard Lights is one of those songs that anybody hears, they immediately know that opening rift.
1: And it has a Yankee in there, Phil Rizzuto. Uh, just unfortunately,
0: for you, but I still like the song. <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember Phil Rizzuto not so much as the baseball player but as the announcer and the, the guy from the commercials.
1: That's it. The uh, money store, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of things are left on your bucket list?
1: Um, I want to go to Italy. That's why I haven't been there yet. want to do that. Um, that's one of the big ones out there for sure. Um, what else? It's hard to think sometimes when you're just on, put on the spot. Right <laughs> yeah. It, Italy is one thing definitely on the bucket list. Um, all I, all I can think of right now, actually, that's a big one for me. Yeah,
0: I think traveling is definitely a big thing. I, I want to. There's a lot yeah. of parts of the planet that I would love to go see. Absolutely. Would you rather be an angel on your friend's shoulder or the devil on a foe's shoulder? Shoulder.
1: Devil on whose shoulder?
0: On a enemy's or, or a foe's or.
1: The first, the former, yeah,
0: for sure. Be that little guiding voice to keep, exactly. keep on track. Although, Absolutely, no question. It might have some fun being the devil on the uh, the foe's shoulder. Make sure that's that you kind of deviate and not interfere in your...
1: But that's only for instant gratification. You see, I want to help out somebody else on the other side, so Fair a little enough.
0: better. <laughs> uh, would you rather create a treasure hunt or a scavenger hunt? Scavenger hunt. I think they're more fun. Treasure hunts, It's it's that one big surprise, the...
1: And there's never a treasure there, see? Yeah. Rather go X does not movie. always mark the spot. That's right, correct. I've seen too many movies.
0: <laughs> in your world view, is the world a playground or a stage?
1: Oh boy. Somewhere in the middle. Depend depend on what side of the stage you're standing on.
0: <laughs> I prefer to stand <laughs> behind the curtain where nobody can see me
1: exactly
0: but uh yeah I think it's I think it's somewhere in the middle too I think if I have to yeah. choose one or the other I would say more of a playground just because i I like the idea of life being full of experiences and kind sure. of never knowing what is going to come next which yep. could be the same thing about being on the stage or at least in the audience of a stage but so well, those are the big questions that I had for you the the hard pressing non softball type questions for you all right. Any, uh, any parting words for people in regards to interest, uh, insurance?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, look, like I said early on in the beginning of this conversation, like if I, I've been very careful, like I said, a life insurance guy, an insurance guy can clear the room in a heartbeat. No one wants to talk to you. So I've always, I've always basically been very careful about that in my life. I've always had this fine line where I try not to be the insurance guy. Right. Um, and, and, Sometimes, like when a story happens, like I told you about a friend of mine, I kick myself for not pushing harder because I don't know what they had. Right. It's it's too soon to even ask what's going on there. And um, I think those are some regrets I have like that. that I don't push harder on friends sometimes because I would like to make sure that as much as I'm protecting my family, that they're doing the same things. So it's kind of this weird, you know, weird dynamic there.
0: I think it. Goes back to the the old traveling salesman mentality, where you know, anyway that sells anything, it's it's that hard push, and you, know, you have to do it, and you have to do it through me. And it, there is a fine line between offering the advice to people and sound advice without sounding as if you're only doing it for you know, greedy or or personal reasons. You're not you're not being altruistic. Exactly
1: yeah and and i and I agree with that i mean i I'm all for doing the right thing and making sure that i mean i'm I'm doing this long enough that I know so much about the business that I don't care where you buy it from, just just run it by me first to make sure you're doing the right thing and i'll I'll give you an opinion right. you know whether you want it or not I'll give it to you, hopefully you want it and um you know it's all all in the pitch it's all on the pitch right. So. Or a better way to say that, it's all in the presentation, right? Yeah, it's all the presentation's pitch,
0: right?
1: key. Yeah.
0: So. Well, I greatly appreciate your time, and um, I will make sure people have a way to contact you if they're in the area and, and want to talk to you. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Stay healthy.
1: That's a fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to
0: another episode of Adding Context. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or visit us at addingcontext.com. And also support our show via our Patreon and send us feedback and show ideas to podcast at addingcontext.com.